very good morning to you. I'm Howard Feldman. This is your Sunday podcast, courtesy of Synthesis, where we're chatting to Dr. Anton Mayberg. He is a pulmonologist and a physician in private practice, very much on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19 here in South Africa. This is podcast number three. It is March the 29th, and we're going to be taking a look at some of the questions that you have been sending around COVID-19. And I do appreciate all of the questions. It's come to us from all sorts of places and uh, greatly appreciated. Also greatly appreciated the number of uh, people that have watched these podcasts and uh, have given us positive feedback. Please continue to do so. Anton Mayberg, Dr. Anton Mayberg, a very good morning to you. A little bit of a different scenario. Last week and the week before we were in studio, uh, we were able to record there. Now we're on lockdown. You're at the hospital and uh, I am recording from my home office last week Sunday to this Sunday, a very different scenario. What are, What is going on and where are we? Well, good morning, Howard, and morning, everybody. So today we are on day three of lockdown, as everyone knows. I'm sure people are pulling their hair out at this stage. Um, but don't fret, we've only got 18 more days of this apparent lockdown. So it's only 18 more days of hair pulling. But yeah, yeah. for someone like you, it's not an issue. What? You don't have to worry about pulling out your no. hair. So I don't know what you're going yeah, to pull there out, was, but there was <laughs> <laughs> there was so anyway, on, a, um, on a more serious yeah. note, we are sitting at the moment of 666,000 cases worldwide with 30,000 deaths and 142,000 people whose disease has resolved or are better. South Africa at the moment is sitting on 1,187 cases. Now, I think, I think it's very important to explain what that means in terms of this lockdown. The laboratories are behind on testing at the moment. So there is going to be a major spark going upwards in the number of tests that are being done in South Africa and the number of results that are coming out. So don't be surprised and don't panic and don't get fearful if you hear the cases go up to 2,000, 3,000, even 4,000 over the next week or two weeks. That doesn't mean that the lockdown has failed. The lockdown is there to right, prevent things getting far worse and far worse. Because we are, in fact, there's there's this delay. So whatever we're seeing now is our reality of, let's say, five days ago or a week ago even. A week ago. Some of the tests are lagging seven to eight days. The, the government right. and the labs are working with limited reagent tests to test these kits, and they're trying to get more in from overseas. But as you know, this is a worldwide problem. So everyone's trying to get the same tests. What's interesting to note is in America, they've just come out with a five-minute test which has been approved wow. by the FDA. That will take a while to get you, but once we get that, that will, it's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we start talking more locally, the, the stories coming out of the, the United States and specifically New York, absolutely horrific. Horrific. Listen, the, the, the United States tests, they, they're up to 123,000 positive patients I think 2,200 deaths at the moment. So, so their death rate is quite low with that large amount of people, but there's a large amount of people being tested positive. And if you look in a place like New York or New Jersey, it's very different to, to Johannesburg, let's say. You know, everyone's cohabiting on top of each other in New York. You know, they're all around each other. We've got a lot more space, and that makes the big mm, difference mm. for us. We're not talking about the townships right. at the moment because the townships, unfortunately, right. at this I point, are not taking this that. disease very seriously. 
yeah, we will get to that. I do want to talk about uh, to, I do want to talk about that as well. Um, so uh, the the situation currently in South Africa, day three. Um, just over a thousand uh, people, uh, just under 1,200 positive. But you're saying we are going to see a lot more, a much bigger spike. Don't be alarmed by that because those tests are going to come through. And, and it's not dependent on the fact that you lock down. It's dependent on the fact that the tests have taken a while to come in. So we are going to see those right. tests coming in and we are going to see results sparking upwards. The whole point of the lockdown is to get us to flatten the curve. And, and what that basically means once again is we need to protect our hospitals, we need to protect our healthcare workers, that's doctors, nurses, physiotherapists, dietitians, everyone who's working in the medical fraternity, GPs, emergency rooms, everyone working in this fraternity to be looked after by the public. And by that I mean that we can't overwhelm hospitals. So we know that people are going to get sick, but we don't want them to get so sick that there's not enough space for them to be seen in hospitals. And that's the point of the lockdown, is to delay the progression of the disease. So does flattening the curve reduce the number of infections or does it just spread it out over a... It spreads it a, out over a longer, a, a longer period, period of time and it does reduce the number of infections at the same time because people aren't cohabiting right. together. People are staying together in one right. area, so there's less chance. You know, you are going to get people going to the shops, but then be careful when you go to mm. the shops. Keep your social distancing one metre apart. Very, very important. Right, Six and in feet. fact, a few people have asked... Um, should if I go to the shops, should I be wearing a mask? So once again, a mask doesn't protect you from getting the virus. It protects other people if you are sick. You wearing a mask, right. if you are sick, if you've got a fever, if you're coughing, then you should be wearing a mask when you go out. If you're keeping your social distancing one meter, six feet away from people, you're not looking directly at people if they cough at you and sneeze on you, then you'll be okay. So you don't have to wear a mask. Right. Okay, let's just take a look at some of the questions because there are a tremendous amount. And again, I appreciate people sending them. Someone says, uh, why are we hearing cases of healthy people falling so sick with the virus? Example, a young girl in the US and uh, the international head of Hatsolo with no underlying conditions, and yet others seem to be unaffected by it or relatively unaffected. So by we it. are hearing these cases, but they're few and far beyond of the healthy young people. It's not, it's not the norm. Healthy young people can get sick. A healthy young person can get very sick from influenza. A healthy young person gets sick from a host of other things. But the majority of people that are getting sick in the severe cases are those with comorbidities and far more elderly. So that hasn't changed. Even though we're hearing some of these cases of younger people, that hasn't really changed. That hasn't changed. There's still the, the predominance okay. of the critically ill are above the age of 80 and obviously higher than mm. 70. Tanya wants to know why are people who think that they have the virus, albeit mild, symptoms not being tested? Surely they still have to go to the store to buy food. Every person who experiences even one symptom surely should be tested. So that's a very good question. And the point is, first mm, of all, yes, we don't have enough testing kits and facilities to test every single person in this country. If it will bankrupt us and we just don't have those, the manpower for that. If you are sick, right. if you do have a fever, if you are coughing, if you're short of breath, then don't go to the shops. Send somebody else in the house to go to the shops. If you don't have a choice, you are the person that needs to put on a mask to protect everybody else and keep your social distancing. We're in a unique experience now. We're in lockdown. The best time to be sick. You can stay at home and be well at home or get better at home if you are sick. Not every single person who's sick needs to go to hospital. A 
cough and a fever doesn't mean you need to go to hospital. But don't need to report it. If I'm sitting at home and uh, I'm, let's say, not with other people and I have a bit of a cough or a mild fever, do I need to report myself? So you should phone your, your, your general practitioner or your specialist and ask them for advice. Each case is individual. We don't know what's wrong with you, what your comorbidities are. You should let somebody know mm. because if something happens, we need to know so we can help you. Right, and uh, and trying to make contact, I guess, with people that you've been in contact with prior to lockdown. Um, uh, Carla wants to know: Is it imperative? To deliver Sorry, yeah. Like deliver your groceries to right. you rather than going out, if that's the case. If you are concerned, Carla says: Is it imperative to wash items purchased from a shop? Packaged groceries, namely plastic and cardboard packages. I know that I was thinking that the other day. You know, you spend your your time at home being so careful, and then you go to the shops, buy stuff, and you think, "Ooh, I don't know who's touched this." So the virus does live on surfaces for a number of hours. Cardboard is better than plastic. It lives uh, less longer on cardboard than on plastic. Okay. If you're worried, then don't touch the the object for 24 to 36 hours. That you can do that. You know. You can try and or wash the surfaces, down with sanitary wash wipes the surface of the water and soap, mm. or with sanitary wipes. <clears throat> right. Saul wants to know, what are your thoughts on uh, safety of takeouts or delivered ready-made food? So that shouldn't be an issue once again. Most of your takeaway foods come in cardboard boxes, and it's better mm. to get takeaways than to actually go out and go to a restaurant. But most restaurants are closed anyway, so it doesn't really um, apply at this point right. in time. And if you're worried about the people and delivering, get them delivering to outside your door, and then you'll pick them up from inside. Right. And, uh, and, and of course, we are seeing that a lot of the uh, takeout places that prepare ready-made food, they will have a certificate from the department saying that they are authorized they to... to uh, yes. Absolutely. And so does everybody. I think, I think that's... Yeah. Um, Carla, again, how long do droplets survive on hair or clothing? So remember, then that's also another important thing. It's a good point, Carla. It's a droplet spread. It's not an airborne spread. So it's not an aerosol that we're dealing with. It's, it's droplet spread. So if you cough or sneeze, it goes into the air for a few seconds and then drops to the ground. And it goes onto different surfaces. It stays for a lot shorter time on metals, but it does last longer on plastic than on cardboard can be anything from 4 to 28 to 48 hours. Right. Uh, Martin says, can Dettol or Savlon with water be used as a home sanitizer? In other words, when you brought in groceries, maybe just to mix them together and wipe things down. Is that a good idea? 100%. 100%. If you've got okay. strawberries, right. wash your strawberries in, in, in uh, detergent, you know, like we do anyway, you know. But right. I mean, yes. Right. Can. Okay. Jenny says, so should you have a pair of shoes just to wear to the supermarket and not wear in the home afterwards? That's an interesting question. No, because then you've got to have a pair of pants and you've got to have a shirt and you've got to have different uh, car and a different car key. Right. So don't drive yourself mad. That's yeah, madness. It's, and that's it, 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 it's going to drive you mad if you do things like that. But it's very difficult not to drive ourselves mad because, you know, we find this invisible. There's a reason why people drive themselves mad. It's because of social media. Social media is driving us mad. There's so much fake news out there on social media that we have to worry about. And that's why people are panicking and that's why people are stressing. You have to breathe. You have to take it in and know that we are doing everything we can to fight it. And you as an individual are the most important person in this fight because it is a fight. This is a war and we need to win the war.
What's interesting, or, or one of the suggestions that I have, is that we disable people's forward button on their WhatsApps. I think that'll get rid of a lot of a lot of the stuff, especially older people. If you're over 65, I think that you have to earn the right to forward anything on WhatsApps. And if it it's says not, please, it's not only over 65, it's everybody. You know, you can't even type people into the age groups. It's everybody from any age. People are just forwarding whatever they get. Is this true? Is this true? It's not true most of the At time. At least they're asking. And if it says, please share to all your contacts, it's not true. Please that's share to rule. all your contacts. For 10 days, you will contract corona. Then that's probably not true. Yeah, well, this was started by somebody who didn't forward all of those messages. <laughs> or, um, okay, so here's a very, I, I think, a very, very uh, intense question, but a, but a very important one. Hilton says, what are the likely end game scenarios? How does the virus end and what are the time frames? And I think this is the question that all South Africans and everyone around the world is asking themselves. Is this 21 days or is just uh, 21 days enough time to make me get used to my family? Very, very good question, Hilton. A very difficult question, and we don't have the answers to that. We've got to follow the global trends for this. We've got to watch what the world is doing, and we've got to watch what South Africans are doing. If you look around you in your in your hometown, wherever you're staying, you've got to make sure people are compliant and people stay in for the lockdown. You know, I was going to work today, and I saw people walking on the road, and that's just not on. That's just not going to help. So we are hoping that 21 days will be enough to halt this virus. And once again, I'm saying this because... We know that the virus is going to peak and go upwards because there's more tests coming out in the next few days. But hopefully after a week or so, we are hoping that this is going to start settling down. We, we don't know how to predict this yet. We just know that we've got to wash our hands, keep sanitized, keep our social distancing and try and prevent this from getting far worse. Ramaphosa has deployed the army. I haven't seen the army anywhere yet. I don't know if you have. Okay, but I haven't no, seen they the camouflaged. They camouflaged. That's how good yeah. now. So they apparently are going into the townships and those areas, and I've seen lots of news articles and news presentations of, of people not taking this seriously there, and the army is going to be deployed there. This is where we need things to be taken seriously. This is where our big worry is, is of spreading it in areas like that where we can't contain it. So, so to answer you, your question, Hilton, yeah. we don't have a complete answer for that. We don't know what's going to happen in 21 days. We can only see what the virus does, and then we can predict and from there, take it from there. So we've, what we're really saying is we actually have to find a way to be uncomfortable in this grey area of not knowing. We don't know exactly how it's going we, we to We don't happen. have all the answers. We definitely don't have mm. all the answers. We could be like China, who's got Big Brother, that monitor every step you take that have got that WeChat that every time you go to the shop, your credit card is monitored for what you've bought, where you are, who your contacts are. So that if you buy a, a loaf of bread and you go out and then you are positive, that contact is noted to the shop owner and he's told to go into quarantine. We, we can't do that. We don't have the infrastructure for that and we don't have the, the people for that. Joan says, uh, as there's only three months experience of this illness, do we know if we can get it again? or uh, if we carry immunity for a certain amount of time and it's possible to infect others if you are post-illness? And I think this is a question that a lot of people lot are asking. Barry also says, uh, if you have the virus and are now, are you now, if you've had the virus, are you now free to walk around without being infected again, um, asking for a friend, but not a short friend? So that is a very good question once again. 
we believe, and a lot of it is speculation because it's only been three months, right. so we don't have enough data to get these trials through, that once you've been infected with the virus, you develop antibodies to the virus. You shouldn't get the same virus again, the same way you don't get influenza again. But the virus can mutate. And we don't know if it does mutate, but so far there's been no episodes of mutation in the world. So at this point in time, we assume that if you do get the virus and you develop antibodies to it, you won't get the same virus again. That doesn't mean you can't be an asymptomatic virus shed. In other words, you shed virus as you go around afterwards. Mm-hmm. We, we assume that once you've had the virus, you can still shed virus to other people for about 20 days afterwards. So you've still got to stay and keep up your hygiene practices and look after yourself, wash your hands, not sneeze into people's faces, not cough into people's faces and look after yourself and everybody else. Yeah, it's uh, so, so all of the stories about the virus having mutated in different times, that's all nonsense. At this stage, none of that is true at this point. All right, okay. Um, and uh, B wants to know: Should I go out during the lockdown if I can get a flu shot? Yes. Well, that's for medical, Definitely. isn't it? That's medical. That's that's preferable. That rather you get the flu shot than you don't. It's very important to get your flu vaccine. I saw and a can we just talk about that for a night. moment? Yes, I saw yes. a statement that came out mm. last night from the Minister of Health that said they do not have enough flu vaccines this year. They underestimated the amount that they ordered from overseas because they didn't know about the pandemic that was coming forth. And generally, people don't really take the flu vaccine. So go out and get your flu vaccine as soon as possible. So if you can access a flu vaccine, just do it no matter what. 100%. Okay, and and that's that's a a good reason. And that's a good reason. So uh, Shelley also wants to know if I've, I've if I've had COVID nineteen, can I get it again? Well, at, at this I think stage, that, yeah. yeah, I think this. The, but the answer is at this stage, we are not seeing people getting it again. But we don't know we because don't know. we don't have enough data yet. Right. Okay. So that's uh, that is that. Um, Andrea says, uh, "What is the best treatment if you do get it?" I heard myperidol is bad, and uh, so uh, what about Panada vitamin C boost to uh, boost my immunity? We did discuss so this last week, but we it did, is worth yeah, going we did through discuss again. It, but it's important. It was a French study that says you shouldn't take anti-inflammatories. We're still saying that rather don't take anti-inflammatories if you can avoid them. If you're on long-term anti-inflammatories for things like rheumatoid arthritis, you don't have to stop them unless you get critically ill with the disease. Do right. rather take Panado than anti-inflammatories. Take vitamin C, take vitamins, take Vitathion, take uh, Karen, take uh, Calcivita, take all of those things, Barocca C, anything like that to boost your immunity. Stay well and stay strong. Eat your proteins, your vegetables, and look after yourself. And somehow try and exercise in these times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not easy, but uh, but uh, important nevertheless. Lauren says there's now talk that the virus is airborne for eight hours. Is this true? Because of this, uh, do we now need to wear face masks when we go into the shop? So it's that uh, it's uh, so no, well, it's, it's two it's parts true. to that story. It, it, yeah. It's not true. Okay, it's not it's not airborne. Once again, it's a droplet spread, so you don't have to wear masks if you go to the shops. It's only airborne if you are busy as a healthcare worker, busy trying to ventilate a patient. Then you've got to wear an N95 mask, which is a different story because you're in direct contact with the person. I am uh, chatting to Dr. Anton Maiberg. Uh, if you have just uh, found a way to join this podcast, uh, we are talking about and answering your questions about COVID-19. It is Sunday, the 29th of March, 2020. Last week, we recorded the podcast in studio. This week, as you can see, um, I'm at home 
and on lockdown and Dr. Anton Marburg is uh, at the hospital. A very different scenario to what we saw last week. All right, uh, what is the uh, realistic time? This is uh, from Stain. He says, what is the realistic timeline to a cure or a vaccine? So the vaccine is still being postulated to take 12 to 18 months. It's still a long time to a vaccine. We're going to be much older they, by then. Much older. Much older. Please, Please God. God. Please yeah. God. Look, the, the truth Some is that I, I, I do think it'll be quicker than 12 to 18 months because I mm. think there's many people, many countries, many pharmaceutical associations and organizations, all of them aiming to try and get a vaccine. It's a game changer. Once you get the vaccine, it's a game changer. Right. Um, let's uh, just talk about this uh, hydro hydro the name that I can't pronounce. It's the one that you find in fish. The one you find in fish tank cleaners. Hydrochloroquine, which was initially used to treat malaria. Okay. Right. Now this is not. And let me please reiterate and repeat this a million billion times over. This is not for everybody to go to their pharmacy and go and get a script for chloroquine. This is a treatment that we believe might help. We don't know for sure and for definite if it does help. We are using it in our very sick patients that are being admitted to ICU with loads of inflammatory changes and abnormalities. It is not a treatment for the general person to take on the street, just if they think they've got COVID or if they have got COVID and their symptoms are mild. There are side effects to medication. And also we're worried about stock running out for the critically ill who mm. will need it. Mm. So please do not fall into the trap of going to your pharmacy and trying to order chloroquine because any responsible pharmacist will not give you chloroquine because the stocks are short. And, uh, and the other thing is don't do what they did in the United States and find it in fish tank cleaner. It killed the husband. It made the wife ill. Um, but uh, yeah, it's surprising they lived past the 14 in any event. Uh, so, so, uh, so the, the from a treatment perspective, the pest, the, the reality is that we're treating it symptomatically, really. And, Treat it uh, symptomatically but, for this point in time. There are a lot of treatments out there that we are using that on an ethical basis, from a research basis that we are using for our critically ill, severely ill patients, those with severe pneumonia, those that might need to be ventilated, a whole host of treatments that we have got. We don't know their effectivity at the moment. We believe they are helping. We believe some of them will prevent people going onto ventilators, but they're not for the person who's got mild symptoms. All right. And uh, what we're seeing, we've seen, unfortunately, one death in South Africa. It was originally reported as two, uh, revised down to one death. Uh, Darren says, do you think that the reason for the low mortality rate in, uh, currently in South Africa is that we're only in uh, autumn? Does this mean it's going to become more virulent in winter? I don't think it's going to become more virulent in winter, but we've got other things to worry about in winter, like influenza. We've got other diseases. So we've mm. got to worry about mm. a whole host of different organisms, a whole host of different viruses, a whole host of different bacteria. And it's also getting secondarily infected by bacteria. There are a lot of different bacteria that can infect you, that can make you sicker uh -huh. as well. So I believe we're in the infancy of the virus. That's why we're only seeing a small amount. But I also do believe, like I said last week, we had warning about this virus in South Africa. We knew it was coming, unlike the Italians. So hopefully, and please God, we've put enough preparations in place to stop the virus shedding and stop it killing as many people as it did overseas. We've got hand washing, we've got hygiene, we've got lockdown. We've got a government that's on the ball with this. We've got the National Institute of Communicable Diseases. They're on the ball. But a government and a, the National Institute of Communicable Diseases are only as good as the people that let them be good. And that's the point. Are you still comfortable 
with uh, how South Africa, the South African government, how the uh, departments are handling it? I know I you have been comfortable for the last from, I'm of very weeks. comfortable. I'm just not comfortable when I'm seeing on the news from the townships areas, and that needs to be curtailed. A lot right, of young so let's, let's people just talk partying, about that. drinking, sitting on top of their cars. This is where our big worry is. Yeah, so uh, obviously uh, the, at the end of last week, and I think this was a real problem that certain people or certain groups and, and many of them um, in those areas only received salaries uh, very late. They had to therefore go out and buy food um, as the lockdown occurred. Uh, that to me is uh, was understandable, not pleasant, not easy, but that's what happened. Unfortunately, though, that following this on the weekend, a lot of incidents of people partying in those areas, not really understanding the severity of this. In other areas, we're seeing people running. Uh, we are seeing, uh, and, and it's only a handful, but uh, what do we do about uh, what needs to be done about this? So another problem is also in, in certain areas where people are trying to social distance when they go to the shops, they lose their place in the line. So we, we've got to get we've got to right. get the police force involved. We've got to get the army involved in those areas. In my in my in my thought process, that if you see someone running, if you go to to a medical professional or you go into the shops to your shop and you see some, someone running on the road, name and shame them. This is not a game we are playing. This is the reality of what we are living at this point in time. We need to be on top of this game and we need to win this war. And we can only win this war if we work together. Mm. I do think that, that as we move into lockdown a little bit more, although it becomes a lot harder, people will also start to, to understand the importance of going out as, uh, as, as little as possible. Correct. I mean, I, I would hope. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if that uh, if 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 that is the case. In uh, the one thing that that I seem to have noticed, and I don't know if it's and it's it's a completely anecdotal. I don't have the the evidence um, for this, but it seems to be that certain people are much more infectious than others. I uh, I spoke to somebody the other day um, who uh, was positive for the disease, had come into contact with a significant amount of people and not one person, um, not even the spouse, in fact, had contracted it. But others, you, you hear about uh, that, that just infected everybody. How, what, what, what is this? How does this so that's work? got a lot to do with the viral shedding, how the person sheds the virus. We can't predict that. But the point is that you can prevent that by washing your hands, not letting people cough on you, not letting people sneeze on you, washing surfaces with soap and water. You don't need these high-tech things. You can just use soap and water to wash your surfaces. So people in contact with others who are doing these things, there will be less chance of them spreading the virus. The soap and water kills the virus on the surfaces. So that's a way to prevent mm -hmm. it. And that's why with some people where it seems that the virus shedding is much higher or it's a more virulent type of virus that they spread to other people, it's because the social distancing and the sanitization and the hygiene is not being taken to what it should be done. Right. So, so it's actually more, in your view, about their own behavior and other people's behavior around them than it is necessarily about if some people are just super spreaders by not through any, so we, any we, we can't tell them. about the super spreaders or the asymptomatic people who are spreading we don't know the data and that's the whole point of keeping in the lockdown if you're asymptomatic you can still spread the virus so even if you are in lockdown in your house you do not know if your child or your spouse or your parent who's staying with you is a virus carrier 
you still then have to wash your hands and wash your hands and sanitize things. Because even when we come out of the lockdown, we have to still be in the practice of washing our hands and sanitizing mm. everything. Well, it was interesting because that's an observation I made yesterday is that that being home just with us and our immediate family, we use hand sanitizers a lot less than if people are going out, coming back, etc. So uh, we need to keep getting keep in keep staying in that habit even at home. Correct. All right. Uh, any any other messages that uh, that you would like to give to our listeners? We are going to try and do this podcast again next week. I'm hoping. Oh, just one question: uh, the hospital that you're working at, without naming uh, naming it, uh, are you are you seeing cases there yet? We haven't seen any cases, but we are prepared. We are on top of it, and we're prepared for for anything that comes our way. All right. So uh, hopefully you will still have time next week uh, to be able to, to record this podcast. We don't, we can see from week to week um, in the three or actually the two weeks that, that we've been doing this. This is the third one. Uh, we can see how the, the situation here in South Africa has, uh, has escalated. Uh, but the important thing around this is that, that we are taking a very, very decisive and real action here in South Africa. If you look at the flight charts, all around the world, South African airspaces are completely empty. That signifies how how seriously South Africa is taking this uh, the spread of this disease. Please uh, make sure to stay home as well. Keep sending us your questions. I will. Uh, I'm in constant constant contact with Dr. Anton Marburg. We will keep you updated. If there is a need to have uh, to record this podcast in the middle of the week, should uh, anything change or uh, be important uh, that we report it to you, we will do that. Please be assured of that. And uh, if not, we will uh, most definitely uh, record the Sunday Synthesis podcast next week, Sunday. Dr. Anton Marburg, any final message that you would like to give uh, to our viewers before we, uh, before, uh, we uh, end this? I think the final message is be calm. Don't panic. You're doing the right thing by staying at home. Keep washing your hands, as I've said before. Look after yourselves. Don't go don't go running out of the house unless it's totally necessary. And if you do have to go, send one person only. Don't panic if you see people outside the house that aren't wearing masks because they don't need to wear masks unless they are sick. And just be responsible. And remember, you're not only doing this for yourself. You're doing this for your community, and you're doing this for the rest of South Africa. And we've got to protect each other. We're a community, we're a country, and we need to look after each other. Dr. Anton Marburg, thank you as always. This has been your Sunday Synthesis Podcast. I'm Howard Feldman. Stay safe and stay healthy. Don't forget as well to be kind.